God does not want us to be ignorant concerning spiritual things. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. Corinthians chapter 12 today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Last week we studied about how Jesus said, it's good that I go to the Father because I'll send the Holy Spirit to you that will comfort you and empower you with boldness. You know, one of the things that we find today so much is nobody believes in what they stand for. Really, we're kind of wimpy by nature. But the Bible says that when God comes into our life, he puts into us his Holy Spirit to give us boldness that we would be able to be witnesses and to testify of him. And I think it's so important because, again, today, God wants to do something in your life that has never been done before. The, the, uh, being led of the Spirit is a great thing. It keeps us from getting into what I call dead orthodoxy, dead religion. I, I think that's probably one of the most paralyzing things that anybody could have in their life. Because first of all, there's no fire to share your faith with somebody else because you're not sold on it. I think sometimes many ministers would do very well to put a thumbtack in their shoe and every once in a while step down on it to give them some life. Well, I really believe that we don't need just really a thumbtack. I think we need a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit. Father, this morning as we study your word, we just ask you that you would come now in a supernatural way, impart your gifts to your people. Father, as your word says, if we will ask, you will do this. And so we come now asking for the anointing from your Holy Spirit to come into these words as we study today, that we would not just walk away unchanged, but God, that you would have changed us from the inside out. And so now as we read, may we remember your words, change us in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that Paul writes, and he writes it on purpose because, unfortunately, there's a lot of ignorance that goes on with people who love God. This is not only just limited to one particular area, but there's a lot of areas. And this is why we study the Word of God, because the Bible gives us balance. The Bible says, whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. John three seventeen says, for God sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. It's God's desire to save us, but then it's God's desire to empower us. And that's what I really want to focus on here today is God's empowering you to be about your daddy's business. 
Now, empowerment changes the way I look at life. If I look at life through my own perspective, all I'll have is a singular perspective of whatever we're looking at, whether it's the news, whether it's the way world, the world is, whether it's uh, uh, my relationship with people. But when we become spirit-filled, when God comes into our life, he empowers us with his gifts. Now, it isn't just the gift of the Holy Spirit, because that's what it is. But how it manifests in your life, friends, is really, truly amazing. It is in completely the supernatural world. It is so dynamic that we remember there was a fellow in the, in the book of Acts named Simon the Sorcerer. And this guy mystified people by doing his tricks. And he came to the disciples and he offered them money to know how he could do this trick of imparting the Holy Spirit to people. Peter looked at him and he said, your money perishes with you. Now you say, what does that mean? Well, I don't want to be off the wall here, but he says, basically you and your money can go to hell. A pretty, pretty strong statement. Your money perishes with you. Because you do not understand the things of God. Thinking that you could buy the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? For this reason. It's a gift. What do we do for a gift? Nothing but receive it. That's what God has asked us to do. Receive and you'll have. So this is what God wants from us, is to have a willing heart to receive. Jesus said, you being of the world know how to give your children good gifts. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? My question today for you, and not just one time, but all the time, Father, give me your Holy Spirit. I need your perspective of life. Otherwise, I can get into a rut, and the only opinion that I have is mine, and that's the only one that matters. I don't want my opinion. I want God's opinion. It is weird that the Bible says God, who created everything, would choose, first of all, to live in you and to live in me. And it is not something that can be bought with money and the foolishness of the world thinking sometimes it can be, well, if you just have enough money, you can have whatever you want. No, you can't, Simon. Your money has no value in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that great to know that there's another value system here on this earth than our U.S. dollar or the euro or whatever it might be, wampum, I don't know. God's got an economic system based upon his spirit that he gives freely to those who will ask. Now again, when we're spirit-filled, it isn't just to ripple our muscles and impress everybody how super spiritual we are. Well, I'll just sit back and judge everybody else and tell everybody how, how messed up they are. No, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is to reach those people for the Lord. And again, to see life through their eyes. See, I can become very selfish by just simply seeing life through my own eyes. It is God who expands our understanding of his love. Paul said it best. He said, I become all things to all men that I may win some. That didn't mean he became a drug dealer to minister to drug dealers 
or a thief to minister to thieves, but what he meant is he would go where they were at. He went with their understanding, and how was he doing that? He was driven by the Holy Spirit. In other words, God, by his Holy Spirit, tunes us in to the loss, what is going on in other people's lives, so we may relate to them the good news of who Jesus Christ is. So we find here in Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Now concerning spirituals, literally, the word gifts, you'll notice, is italicized in your Bible. And that's because it was added in by the translators to help you better understand, perhaps, what you're reading. But the real rendering is, is now concerning spirituals, things of the spiritual world. Notice he says, brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorance runs rampant in the church today. Why? Because the Bible isn't taught in the church today. And so then it's really, and gets back to the anti-Holy Spirit, the opinion that matters is mine. No, what the Bible says is God's opinion, and that comes via the Holy Spirit so that we'll understand what God is communicating. I've often said this. People have asked, how is God going to judge the world someday? You're holding that declaration in your hands this morning. That's how God's going to do it. When we say, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes on him, the rest of the Bible tells us what this belief in him is about. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. That doesn't mean they're right with God. So it's how do we put our faith, hope, and trust in him? And when I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, our vision changes from our own narrow, don't bother me with everybody else. I got my own little world. I like where I'm at. And God says, no, I'm going to expand your horizons. Great, huge is the field of harvest, but the labors are few. You are the laborers for the field. Do you realize God has been working in the in the lives of the people of the world, in their lost, sinful state, just waiting for somebody like you and me to come along and say, hey, would you like your life to change? You see, we can talk about a lot of things, but it's how we talk about it. You know, sometimes, and I think, and I don't want to criticize somebody because I don't really know what God has called them to do, but I do know that as I grew up in Southern California and I used to go out on the beach a lot, and, and that's what's wrong with me, um, too many waves, head in the sand thing, okay. But anyway, there would be these guys out there with these, these billboards and, and they would have them around their neck, repent, the end is soon, and they would go up and down the beach with a megaphone screaming at people, repent or perish! And these people going, wow, that is weird, you know. Well, it was weird. Why? Because the Bible says to communicate, forget not. Communication isn't yelling at somebody. Moms and dads, when you're talking with your kids, yelling at them is not communicating. But to communicate, forget not. That means get where they're at. I remember the guy, and I was watching this because I was a Christian. I was probably about 17 years old. And I was watching this, and I was totally bewildered because I thought, who in the world would want to believe in, in, or in a message that was that harsh, that cold, and that lacking love? 
How we communicate, friends, is so important. And if I don't have the Holy Spirit inside of me, I can become opinionated where my perspective is the only one that matters. So rather than going up to the couple that were sitting on a beach towel and sitting down and saying, hey, you know, you guys thirsty? You want, I, 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 got a, I got a little, uh, you know, a little ice chest. You want a Pepsi? You want a Coke? You want something here? I got something here. And sit out and communicate. It was just really taking the gospel and slamming him in the face. I remember a pastor friend of mine many years ago, he shared with me on, on the difference of, of ministering in the Holy Spirit and ministering in the flesh. Ministering in the flesh is notches in the gun. You know, well, this is how many people I have led to, you know. Rather than, than sharing the gospel, and, and he used this illustration, I still use it today, but it's like somebody comes up to you and says, would you like some apple pie? And you go, yeah, I love apple pie. Great. And they take the pie and they slam it in your face. And then they look at you with wide-eyed expectancy and going, did you like that? No, I didn't. It's sticky. It's gooey. It's in my nose. It's in my ears. It's in my eyes. No, I don't want it. (laughs) But I have found that if you cut the apple pie into slices, you can feed them the whole pie. What is the difference? One is the screaming in the megaphone. The other is setting down, and as Paul said again, communicate, forget not. You see, we begin to see things through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Jesus loves people. For this reason, the Bible says Christ died for our sins. He wants you to spend eternity with him. God's given you the ticket book for everybody to go to heaven. Now, it isn't just that we're going to go to heaven and be rewarded because I led people to Christ. Oh, yeah, you did this, you did that. But the thing is, is that it's because of the joy. Paul says, as an example, that was set before him. You know, Jesus, the Bible says, he, he, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Why is that? Because he knew there was a greater reward. So, again, ministering in the Holy Spirit, is that where God softens our heart to be able to relate with other people so I just don't see life through my own eyes? And yes, though I'm going to heaven, though I'm a Christian, I can lack the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Friends, part of power is restraint. And I'll tell you, anybody here that's got kids, you you know what restraint is all about. You buy your kid a toy, and they drop the box before it's ever taken out of the box, and they break the wheels off. That happened yesterday. And I go, how do you do this? Restraint. Restraint means not always saying what you feel like you should say. Well, I'm my own man, and I just say whatever. Well, be careful of that. You see, the Bible talks about being bridled, a bridled tongue. What does that mean? Well, again, we don't always say what we think. Why? Because we have to run it by our CEO of our life, Jesus Christ, who we accepted as our Savior, who is now supposedly the one that we're living our lives for, empowered by him. So our vision is no longer our perspective, but God's perspective. How does God see people? 
sees him lost in need of a savior. That's how God sees him. Well, we want to have that. How do I have that? Well, again, I do believe the Holy Spirit empowers a person to change who they are. We've always talked about that. You know, people say, well, you know, I used to smoke, drink, cuss, chew, run around with girls who do, and I accepted Jesus, and now I don't do those things anymore. You know, and there's all these books written, you know, uh, Cross and the Switchblade, you know, Nicky Cruz and the gangs in New York City and how he was this bad dude and killing people and, you know, zip guns made out of car radio antennas with 22s, all these crazy things going on. And then Jesus gets a hold of his life and him and his gang members, they get saved, changes the whole thing. It's a beautiful story. Some of us have a different kind of book. Ours might be Crossing the Butter Knife where you were raised in a Christian home and, and everything was taken because your parents had a biblical perspective of what life was. And so because of that, it changes the way we look at life. But the thing is, sometimes being raised in a Christian home can be just as dangerous as being raised in a worldly home because we get, we're into kind of a false sense of security. Well, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all going to heaven, okay. You need to be careful. I, that's what happened to me. So when I realized that I needed something more to keep me from being self-focused, seeing the world through my own eyes, invisible Holy Spirit, come in my life and change me. Man, I'll tell you, it's the greatest thing you can ever ask God to do. It's a gift. The Bible says it's a gift. And how does that work? Well, I don't know. He just does it. He just changes the way we think. It's really weird. Like, I, I don't know if you ever come to the, the day of reckoning in your life where you're, you're doing something and you've done it a long time and then all of a sudden you just go, why am I doing this? This is stupid. And, and, and we just stop. Well, I think the Holy Spirit gives us that reckoning. Well, let's look at this. Now, concerning spirituals, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. God does not want us to be ignorant concerning spiritual things. And again, he writes this to the church who is evidently steeped in ignorance concerning things spiritual. You wouldn't think that would happen, but it, it says that. He says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Now, the dumb idols doesn't mean, boy, that was a dumb idol. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying it's an idol that cannot speak and cannot hear. This was one of the things that God cited over and over in the Old Testament, that you follow and you worship gods that can neither do or help you in any way. We don't have that kind of a God. We have a God that not only helps us, inspires us, opens our eyes, and reminds us of eternity each and every day. But he says here, you were Gentiles, carried away by these idols that couldn't speak or hear. However, you were led. Now, again, why is that? Because you have a living God. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you have a living God that opens and closes the doors of the circumstances in your life. Remember this. If you don't get anything else out of this today, if you're a Christian, you never have bad luck. You have a divine Father in heaven that closes doors, and thank God for that. You don't want to... Just live your life with just whatever I want to do, I do. You can ruin your life that way. If you've ever been around a, a kid or a, 
you know, somebody in their 20s or 30s or 50s or 60s that always did everything their, their way. They're spoiled. I thank God for the doors that he's closed. You pray about everything when you live your life for God. God opens and closes the doors according to his best will for your life. Not somebody else's. That's why i got to be real careful. I can't copycat Christianity. I can't see what God's doing over in these couple of people, my friend's life, and then I'm going to do what they're doing. No, because I'm not them. God's got a special purpose for you. That's why I need to go to God daily and find out what that is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one, who, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's one of the eye marks of a person that, uh, if you want to know if a person's been delivered of demonic spirits, I've shared this story before, but it's still one of those things that burned in your head like your vacation where it rained and the tent leaked and it dumped all the water on you. You might not remember any other vacation for the last five years, but you'll remember the, 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 the weird things that happened. Well, uh, again, I went over to these people's house. They asked me to come over. They wanted me to pray for their brother, who they were kind of concerned about. After we ate dinner, we all got in a circle. We prayed because I was getting ready to leave. And it came to, we all, you know, we all one by one prayed, and it came to his turn and, and we're holding hands in a circle, and, and as we're praying, uh, she mentioned her brother. She said, you pray. And on it, this is exactly what happened. He goes, you know, we're, and we're all going around the circle. Oh, God, thank you for a great evening. The meal was great, and the fellowship was good. And we came to him, and he goes, oh, God. And I'm going, what is this? And I, you know, I didn't have time to go to the local Christian bookstore to pick up a book on how to get rid of a demon. I just went, in the name of Jesus! <laughs> and I put my hands on him and prayed for him. And he was wrenching and screaming. He ripped his shirt off. And then he ripped his t-shirt off. And so, so he's half, and I'm, and I'm flashing back to Gadara, you know, the guy in the, the tear all of his clothes off. And I just kept praying for him. And, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. I didn't want to ask its name. I didn't want to know its zip code. I just wanted it gone. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And he's screaming and he's, and he's, he's convulsing. I mean, sweating. He's just, just running sweat and I'm holding on to him. And, and, and he fell to his knees and so I got down there with him, and, and I, I, I said, he goes, it's gone, it's gone. And I said, good. Is Jesus Lord? I use this right here. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And I said, is Jesus Lord? And he goes, yes, yes. And I said, say it. And he goes, Jesus is Lord. And I go, there are more critters in there. And so this went on for about six or seven times until finally he said, it's gone. And I said, is Jesus Lord? And he goes, Jesus is Lord. And I knew, I knew that it was gone. And so then I shared with him about the Lord and the Bible warns about cleaning out a house and not putting something good inside. Otherwise that demon will go get seven worse than himself move back in. So I, I just prayed for him and, 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 and he prayed and asked the Lord in his life. And what was amazing though, is that this 
proof text right here is if you ever run into this situation, uh, uh, like I say, you pray for somebody and if they can't say this, then uh, there's something that's blocking that supernaturally. Verse four goes on. He says, now the diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Always remember that God's not going to do the exact same thing in your life as he's doing in somebody else's life. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.